Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, well, good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning, girls, and welcome to what is our Sisterhood Morning. Um, our Sisterhood Zoom table, which, as many of you know, is the table that we have when we're not having a table. And the last couple of weeks, this format, the Zoom format, has um, actually served us beautifully. Beautifully in the last few weeks. That was my notifications ringing. I don't know why, but praise the Lord. Um, this format has served us beautifully um, in the current uh restrictions that so many of us are facing. So I am very mindful, girls, Hillsong Women Girls, that um, many of you are gathered. You have the freedom to gather in your rooms. I love that. Praise God. Amen. Enjoy it. Savor it. Um, appreciate it. And yet there are other states that I know um, who are still in lockdown. And I know it's tedious and I know it's going to it's stretching us, our patience and what have you, but God is on the throne and that's what we've got to remember in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you know what, girls, this morning, I am excited because I have two remarkable gentlemen with me today and you can see them on your screens already. So we're like minus one box, but that's okay. I've got two amazing gentlemen and um, that is the amazing and beautiful and lovely, you are beautiful, Robert, Robert Ferguson <laughs> and also Duncan Corby. And so, I'm going to get them to say hello in one moment, but I just want to say um, each of these men are godly men. They love the Lord Jesus Christ. They love their families. They love the kingdom of God. And you know what? Each of them have been around um, since, you know, the ark. They've been around since the beginnings of um, our church um, way back in the city. And what they each bring, what you guys each bring to the table, what you bring to our house and to our lives um, has an incredible depth and value about it. So we actually love you and honour you for that. So Robert, for anyone who's watching in from um, somewhere else around the world, Robert is um, one of our amazing pastors, he's on our executive team, he's what we call our teaching pastor, and amongst many other things, he is very involved in the college. And then Duncan is our is the academic dean of our Hillsong College, also amongst many other things. So gentlemen, welcome to Sisterhood. Are you well? Robert, are you well? Thank you, Bobby. Yes, I am very well. And it is such an honor to be here at Sisterhood talking to all the wonderful women. And I have to say, it's wonderful to be next to you on the screen. Even oh. if we're the other side of the world, just to be with you on the screen is just an honor and a privilege. So thank you. Well, we have a lot of future in front of us. So when we resort back to doing the table in the studios, it would be our honor to have you there. I was chatting with your beautiful Amanda last night and I sent her videos of um, two of our granddaughters, Savannah and Lexi, who were water baptized um, just a couple of weeks here in California. So did you love them? Did you get to see those? I did. I love baptisms. It's one of my favorite things. And just to see them, the next generation, just such, yeah, just, it made us both cry. 
it was a bit of a spontaneous moment. The youth group, praise God for youth groups, text the girls the night before and asked, would they like to get baptized? So it was a little family discussion. So I just happened to be there. What was remarkable about it, ladies, um, I don't know if any of you saw Lucille's post, but OC, the o our OC campus room has church outside under the trees. And like right there, like five feet away is a fence, not a high fence, quite a, a low fence. And literally on the other side of the fence is a farmer's market. So on Sunday morning, people go to the farmer's market. They're just buying their jams or whatever they're buying. And they are literally hearing to church. They're listening to worship. They're listening to the preaching of the word at times. Sometimes, guys, um, apparently there's been like... Um, very festive um, Latino music playing during the altar call, but people still get saved. And then, of course, the water baptisms were happening literally across the fence. So it was actually beautiful. Amen. Duncan, how are you? Doing really well. Thank you, Bobby. Uh, you know, we're going through lockdown. All this talk of grandchildren reminds me that I haven't been able to see our two beautiful granddaughters for two months now. Uh, um, and it's going to be a little while longer, I think. So there's a granddaughter's whole sized hole in our hearts at the moment. So, okay, I think a lot of people are empathizing right now. And when I, you know, look, just look in the screen and look at you girls, I know that many of you are longing to see your families, and um, God sees that longing. But I also just want to say, Duncan, it's been lovely to see you. You're always present in the city, et cetera, and in many um, areas of church life. But it's been lovely to see you a little bit online, church, um, you know, exhorting in our giving on Sunday. And, um, you know, both of you gentlemen are just scholars. You um, have a way with words. And I just feel like, um, Duncan, when you speak, it's just like oil. It's just like oil flowing forth. So, you're a favourite, but in our church, it's hashtag everyone's our favourite. So hallelujah. All right, Father, we're going to pray. I'm going to pray, rather. So, Father, we just thank you. Girls, just lean in, amen, wherever you are in the world. Hope you're saying hello to one another on the chat lines. But um, let's just pray, shall we? Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for, te for technology, Father, and that we can remain connected in this medium. And, Lord, right now we just welcome you into this conversation. We welcome you into this exhortation. Holy Spirit, we are speaking about you, about your fruit, the evidence of you in our lives. And so we welcome you, Holy Spirit, and I pray especially, Lord, that you'll do a deep work in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. All right, you know what? I'm just going to lay a foundation, then I'm going to let these guys loose. But I do want to share a few things because it's been three weeks since I've been here, girls. And the last three weeks, we our devotion together, our devotion together has been around the fruit of the Spirit, if you recall. So the first week in this Zoom format, Laura took the table and she spoke about love. And then the following week, I asked if Cass would speak. And she said, well, we've kind of landed in the fruit of the spirit. So second to that would be joy. So joy, um, Cass spoke on joy. And then last week, I asked um, Natalie Pingle, hallelujah, my brain. I asked Nat Pingle if she would speak about peace. And I just want to say to the women of our church, all of you girls, you are remarkable women of God. You really are. And the other night I lay on my bed late at night listening to the joy one because I didn't get to catch it in real time here, over here. And I just um, listened and I was so encouraged and so ministered to. So you are remarkable women of God. You are growing in the word of God, the spirit of God, and uh, you're prophetic. So I just want to honor you for that. And so, okay, love, joy, peace. And then the next one today is actually patience 
or long-suffering. And I actually joked with the girls, the team that I talked to, I said, oh, wow, long-suffering this week. Who wants to do that? Does Do I have any volunteers to do long-suffering? Because that's such a, like a wonderful subject, isn't it? Volunteers, hallelujah. And then I just decided, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, um, mainly because I wanted to be present with you today. But I also think long-suffering, if we go there, like I, I tend to, remember my Sunday school teacher teacher teaching me the fruit of the spirit in an, um, a more classic uh, translation where it was love, joy, peace, long suffering. Okay. So long suffering and patience get switched out. But I think long suffering is actually in some ways a bit of an apt description at the moment for some of the battles that we've endured and are enduring. But I want to say to us girls, all right, are you listening to me? We are still smiling. I've still got my cap here. Oh, can you see it? Okay. The, Screen goes a bit wild. We, wild. We are still smiling. By the grace of God, we are still enduring. We are still steadfast in Jesus' name. If you're in the chat, say amen. We are still trusting. We are still hopeful. Hallelujah. We are still praying for thy kingdom come. And we are still praying and loving this world. And on that note, if I just may say, I just want to say thank you to our church and thank you to the sisterhood and to the friends and family for all the prayers that you've been sending our way for the prayer covering that is across our church. And even just before this sisterhood Zoom table, um, our staff gathered far and wide and prayed for 45 minutes for Australia, for the world, for Afghanistan, for some of the places that are so troubled right now. We prayed for COVID um, breakthroughs because we need a breakthrough. We pray for our nation. And I just want to say thank you in Jesus' name. All right, I need to hurry. All right, here we go. Plenty of time. We're in Galatians. And so Galatians is where we find this incredible exhortation to live according to the Spirit and produce fruit according to the Spirit. The boys are scholars, but nevertheless, I think a primary theme within Galatians is freedom and freedom within a grace gospel. Many, our world wants freedom on many levels. It's crying out for freedom. It's crying out for peace. But actually freedom here is spoken about within the grace gospel. Um, Galatians warns. It warns of the warring dynamics within the human condition. In other words, life according to self-nature or life according to the spirit. Um, at one point, just as a background, Paul says, the freedoms I learned, no one taught me. They came with the unveiling of Jesus. And when I read that, like on Monday, I read through the whole book of Galatians. And when I read that, I loved that. I love that because basically he is saying in his pursuit of Jesus, his pursuit of Jesus actually brought revelation of the fullness of God. So this morning, girls, in context of freedom, in context of pursuit of Christ, in context of the effect of his spirit within our lives, I want to read to us from Galatians, and then I'm going to share a thought and then get the, um, the men here to share. I'm reading from Amplified. Is that okay, my darlings? So Galatians 5, verse 1, it says, It was for this freedom that Christ set us free, completely liberating us. Therefore, keep, everyone say therefore, type it into the chat lines. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not be subject again to the yoke of slavery, which you once removed. Verse 16 says, walk habitually in the Holy Spirit, seek him and be responsive to his guidance. And then you will certainly not carry out the desire of the, sin, of the sinful nature, which, 
sorry, which responds impulsively without regard for God and his precepts. Verse 17, for the sinful nature has its desire, which is opposed to the spirit. For these two, the sinful nature and the nature of the spirit are in direct opposition to each other, continually in conflict. Can I pause there for one minute? You know, this world is in such conflict and turmoil on so many levels. And people cry out, when is it going to stop? When will there be peace? When will it get better? Well, the problem with the world is that we have two warring dynamics. We have self-nature in conflict with the nature and the spirit of God. That's where our prayer needs to go, that God will bring breakthrough in some of those realms. Verse 19, bear with me. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. I know you came here this morning to listen to this. Strife, jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions that promote heresies, envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like this. He warns that those who practice such things will sadly not inherit the kingdom of God. But then, verse 22, he gives us the heart of God and he gives us the word of God. In verse 22, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, not just peace out there in the world, but inner peace. The fruit of the Spirit is patience and long-suffering. Listen to this in the Amplified. Not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. That's actually very powerful. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, um, self-control. Against such there is no law. It continues. It's important for me that we read the word of God on these mornings. If we claim to live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage and our conduct will be empowered by the Holy Spirit. In the Passion, very quickly, it says, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied um, expressions, joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience or long-suffering that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities. For listen, girls, they are meant to be limitless, without limit. So, ladies, you know, when I look at this, there is an ocean of gold within these verses, obviously. But if there was one observation that I note and that I want to bring to the table this morning, it is that divine love is central to all of these attributes. Divine love, everyone say divine love, divine love enables all these variations of response. Why? Because divine love is actually who God is. Now, girls, I know that we know that. We know that, right? But it's a revelation with layers and layers and layers of depth and understanding for us to still enter into. You know, God is love. You might be listening in today, stumbled across this, um, this table, and you've never heard that before. Well, sweetheart, I want to tell you, God is love. The Father is love. The Son is love. The Holy Spirit is love. Do you know what? As Christians, we don't love merely because it's a command, although it's a good command. And when we see one another behaving badly, it is good to remind one another that we're supposed to love. But you know what? We love because we are actually becoming entwined with Jesus. 
you know, who is love, by the way. And then the fruit, the outworking, um, the evidence of love becomes inevitable. And I know that in all of our lives, that is a work in progress. So no condemnation to anyone who's thinking, man, I just screamed the children out out of the house this morning. We are all a work in progress. But you know what? It is a revelation of divine love. So if I was to be personal right now, my loves, if I was to say, you know, personally, do you know what? Without, without revelation right now in my life, in my life right now, without personal revelation of divine love, of God's divine love for me, um, you know what? I wouldn't be capable of being here today. I wouldn't be capable of um, joy that overflows. And that's a daily dig in our lives. I wouldn't be capable of peace that subdues. In my case right now, peace that subdues fear. You know, I wouldn't be capable of understanding patience and long-suffering that the scripture says endures. I wouldn't be capable of that. You know what? It's really annoying when you write a book called Stay the Path because you actually have to endure. You have to, like, I can't just throw in the towel and I don't want to throw in the towel. I might retire one day, someday, but you know what? I can't throw that in because patience, you know, the fruit of the spirit and divine love is a revelation. You know, if I, if I, if I wasn't having that, if I wasn't cultivating the revelation of divine love in my life right now, do you know what? I couldn't fathom some of the things that are taking place, girls. I couldn't fathom the, fathom the challenge the trials, the trouble. I wouldn't be able to fathom the assault and the accusation and the lies and the defamation that is coming our way because my heart would say, why, God? Why? Why is this happening? Because, Lord, is this happening because you don't love me or because you don't love us? And that is actually not true. So, amen. Where am I up to time-wise? I'm doing good. Okay, so I feel that therein lies a little bit of the mystery of long-suffering. The mystery of long-suffering is that we are not alone in suffering because if we allow, Jesus will enter our suffering and reveal himself. He will enter and reveal. He will enter and reveal. And that actually is the miracle of suffering, that he enters into our suffering and he reveals actually who he is. Do you know, I wrote this down in my notes, the objective, it's a big statement, the objective of all life, the objective of all life is that we might, number one, know God, and second, that we would know how much we are known of God. And that's a revelation. Did you hear that? that we would know God and secondly, know how much we are known by him. He knows us. He knows every intricate detail of our life, our story, our journey, our path, our challenges, our victories. Amazing. You know what, girls, I'm going to wind up in a second. But, you know, if life, I feel that if life was an endless picnic in the sunshine, And how nice would that be? Amen. And how nice is that? Like God has no problem with blessing us. But if life was an endless picnic, do you know what? I don't know that we would seek God. I don't know that we would seek him. And I don't know that we would come to know him as he truly is. I've been reading this book called um, Imagine Heaven. And um, within it, there was a chapter on suffering. Allow me to read for one moment. It says, God suffers with us. 
That single statement can profoundly change how you view suffering. Even though God has a plan that will one day make perfect sense when we fully know even as we are fully known, that doesn't make it feel better right now. Yet God is not indifferent when this cruel, evil world stabs us with pain. Listen, David said, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. That is Psalm 56. You keep track. You have collected all our tears and you record every single one, every single moment in your book. God, the author says, God keeps records because all our loss and all our sufferings will one day be restored in heaven. The author also says, listen to this, we aren't meant to comprehend on earth what we will understand in heaven. So, yeah, there are some mysteries to life. We aren't meant to comprehend on earth what we will understand in heaven. I um, had a conversation with the pastor's wife a few weeks back. We were over here. We did a conference. And she's a um, woman. She could be a little bit younger than I but um, her husband died suddenly last year and under quite tragic circumstance. And as I saw her and embraced her and said, oh, my gosh, sweetheart, I haven't seen you for so long, her first words out of her mouth were words to this end. She said, Bobby, my Christianity had no room for suffering. I was of the genre of belief that being a Christian is only about a blessed life. She said, I have since discovered in my suffering things that I cannot describe. You know, so there's a degree of mystery. And, you know, I just want to encourage you. And we've got just but moments to, like, be, even try to unpack what is so profound in the Word of God. But you know what? I believe that every single one of us carries burden of some description. Every single one of us. We might carry that burden for a season or we might carry that burden for a lifetime. But none of us are orphans to his love. Are you hearing me, darling girls? None of us are orphans to his love. And I think a lot could be said about an orphan spirit, but in this context, an orphan spirit feels abandoned in suffering. They feel like God has abandoned me. Why am I suffering? Why am I feeling this? God, where are you? The, the heavens are like steel. God, where are you? I don't understand. But you know what? The truth of the matter is that it is impossible for Abba Father to, um, to abandon the child that he loves. And Abba Father loves each and every one of us. He loves you. He loves me. He loves good old Robin and Duncan down there on the screen. He loves you. He um, waits for you. He waits to be found of you. In other words, seek him. And you know what? When you do seek him and find him, then he literally will make sense of everything that you are in him. Not necessarily sense of why this happened or whatever, but he will make sense of who you are. And as I read this book and as I ponder and as I pray, that is a prevailing theme, that when we get to heaven, it suddenly all fades into the background. It just fades into the background because we suddenly realize how loved we have been of God, how loved we are of God, and how known we are in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking really briefly about joy, about love, about joy, about peace, 
about patience and long suffering. So gentlemen, I did leave you a little bit of time. We're just gonna each take the time we need, but um, I would just love you each to just share a little bit of insight, whatever feels quickened, gentlemen, whatever you know in light of scripture, maybe adjusting to what I've said or not, even from your own experience. So I'm gonna ask you Duncan to go first and then throw the ball to um, Robert and Robert's gonna actually land this morning in Jesus name. Sorry if I took too long. Uh, that was that was fabulous, Bobby. Thank you. There's already so much to think about, so much to chew on, so much to ponder, so much to get into our spirits. So thank you for that. Uh, and it's a great delight to be here with everybody this morning, wherever it is that you are. Uh, what I'd love to do is do a little bit of a uh, let, let's keep on doing a Bible study in Galatians 5, where the passage on the fruit of the spirit is found and the section that this that the verses are found in is kicks off in chapter 5 verse 13 and it gives us a, a real sense of the the context that paul is speaking into he says you my brothers and sisters were called to be free but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh rather serve one another humbly in wow. for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command love your neighbor as yourself and then this goes on and says something rather interesting. It says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. What's going on in the church in Galatia that Paul's writing to is they're having a theological dispute over the question of whether Gentiles can be saved or do they first need to become Jews in order to be saved. And the, the conflict, the dispute is tearing the church apart. And there's clearly a level of contentiousness going on in the church itself. And it's to that experience in church that Paul addresses the fruit of the spirit. Because here's the thing that is really, I think, significant for us to notice from the fruit of the spirit, but also the works of the flesh, is that the way that Paul frames them up and the context they're in, it is speaking to their life as a community. Yeah. The things that makes the works of the flesh so bad is not just that they're sinful and evil and wicked, but that they tear community apart. And the thing that makes the fruit of the spirit so wonderful is that these are the qualities that bind the community together. And yeah. so qualities like love relate to how we treat one another. Joy is about the atmosphere which is found when we gather together which also means that long suffering has to do with how we treat one another, especially in times of contention. The Galatians were having some contention. And I think as we've all recognized, our world is experiencing contention as well. And Pastor Brian, a couple of Sundays ago, spoke so powerfully to building unity in a world wrenched apart with contention. And so long suffering here, has to do with the long suffering we show towards each other. The way that we endure with one another as we deal with each other's rough edges, with each other's opinions, with each with our disagreements, with the things that we find in others that irk us or cause us grief or pain or suffering. One of the fruits of the spirit is that it causes us to be patient to show forbearance, to suffer long with one another. And the model 
of that kind of long suffering is actually found with God himself. The key passage to go to for this one is in Exodus when God appears to Moses in Exodus 34 verses 6 and 7 that says, and he passed, this is the Lord, passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. One of the pictures we see of God in the Old Testament is a God of long suffering who suffers long with the weakness, the sinfulness, the disobedience, the disloyalty, the foolishness of his his people. When they behave in ways that cries out for punishment, God says, wait, let's wait, let's be patient because sooner or later they're going to turn, they're going to come good, they're going to come right. And I will be shown to have been justified in delaying punishment because I'm leaving space for them to return and to change. And the fruit of the spirit here, this particular fruit of long suffering is encouraging us to be the same where our own emotions, our own reactions might be stirring us to react towards the way that someone speaks or behaves or the opinions that they might hold, where we might feel justified to speak cutting words or to behave in cutting ways or to cut them off. The spiritual fruit of long suffering says, no, wait, wait, wait. I love it. Wait for there, give that space for there to be change. Give it space for there to be reconciliation. Give it space for true love to break through. And in this sense, this passage is encouraging us to be like Jesus himself taught. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. One of the key messages of Jesus' teaching is that the way that we treat one another is so caught up with the way that God has already treated us. We have already received God's long suffering. And here he's inviting us and empowering us to show that same long suffering to one another. Uh, And in doing so, we will show ourselves to be the sons and daughters of our father. So this passage, I think it's no coincidence that we're talking about long suffering this morning. This is one of those qualities that we as a church family need in challenging times to show long suffering with one another so that the community of God's people can reveal his love, his character and his purposes to a hurting world. Robert, over to you. Well, thank you very much, Duncan. I appreciate that. And thank you, Bobby, for not only what you shared, but for inviting us to talk about patience. When you you asked me a a few days ago to talk about this, I immediately looked at uh, different versions of the Bible. And I noticed that when you go through Galatians 5.22, it talks about love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. All the words are the same in different versions. But when it comes to patience, they're all different. It talks about, some of them talk about forbearance. Some of them talk about patience or endurance, or uh, the message calls it the ability to stick with things. And I think that it is a really rich word. And if ever we need patience, it's in this season now. And I'm sure everybody listening right now, you know, 
you need patience, not only as, as Duncan expressed, patience with difficult people, but we need patience in difficult times. And I think the word long suffering that Bobby explains so well is such a good translation of the word patience because it talks about long and suffering. God plays a long game. When you yeah. look at the Bible, you see the prophet speaking 700 years before Jesus and saying that a Messiah, a deliverer, will come. And then the suffering aspect that that uh, Bobby talked about is so uh, significant that here's the thought. we not He not only enters our sufferings, we enter his. In Philippians 3.10, it says, I want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. We often stop there because we want to know Jesus and his power. But then it says, and the fellowship of his sufferings so that we can become like him in his death. I think in this season, when all of us are going through really tough times, this is a time where patience can not only be our fruit, but patience can enable us to become a little more like Jesus. Jesus comes into our situation, but he also enables us to be like him in a new and insignificant way. When Bobby asked me to speak about this, one verse came to mind, and I just want to share it because I think it will really help you. I know some of you are, are really struggling at this time. You're at home. Many of you are stuck in lockdown. Some of you, your partner's with you, working in the same house. Some of you, very small settings. Some of you have got children that you're trying to school and work at the same time. Others of you got really young children, and it's tough. And uh, of course, many of us have known people who have, have died and in many other countries that are going through horrendous suffering at this time. So this is the verse that came to me. It's in James chapter five and verse seven. And it says this, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Well, that was written 2000 years ago and we were told to be patient then. Well. He hasn't come yet, so that's what I meant about God playing a long game. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. Well, you know that I was brought up on a family farm, so when I read that verse and thought of that verse, I remembered my father. He was a farmer. He died in 1962. And he had an ability to lean on a gate and watch the grass grow. <laughs> he was waiting for the harvest to come. And so I looked through my, my albums and I actually found a picture of him leaning on a fence. And I think uh, the team are going to put that up right now so that you can see a picture of him leaning on a fence. I don't know if that's uh, there, but anyway... <laughs> There he is, leaning on a fence, watching the grass grow. And you think, well, how does a, a farmer do that? How do they wait so patiently? There he is, smoking his pipe, sitting with his dog, waiting for the harvest to come, which was going to come in months' time after the winter. Well, here are a few thoughts that I hope will just encourage you, whatever your situation. From this passage, 
we're encouraged, number one, to hold on to the promises of God. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Jesus said he would come again, and he never, ever breaks his word. He's told you that your children will have peace. He said that the word in your mouth and the spirit that is on you will be in your children and your children's children. These are wonderful promises. And when you don't see them happening, maybe you've been waiting. Your, your son may be away from God or your children may be rebellious. Well, you've got to hold on to the promises of God. Maybe you're sick or maybe you're waiting for a child. Hold on to the promises of God. And the second thing that I learned from my father and from this verse is keep sowing your best. My father would sow his best grain even in the worst seasons. He would know that if he put his best in the ground, sooner or later, God would fulfill his word. And I've learned that even in this difficult season, even in this lockdown, I keep tithing, I keep giving, I keep praying, I keep sowing my best, I keep ringing people up, I keep encouraging people. Why? Because the Bible says, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. And then the third thing that I learned from this thing is acknowledge the seasons. It says the farmer patiently waits for the autumn and spring rains. When this season of COVID started, people were wanting it to uh, pass quickly. But because I'm a farmer, I just said, it'll take time. It's okay. Just wait. The season will pass. It'll, it'll finish eventually. Just wait. Summer's coming. And every day I go for a walk and you see these signs in the, in the trees. Maybe the, the, the blossoms are coming out at the moment in Australia and we're thinking spring's coming, spring's coming, summer's coming, harvest is coming. Just yeah. God is giving you little signs. So just acknowledge the seasons. And if it's winter in your life, well, take this opportunity to allow Jesus to come into your difficulty and allow yourself to go into his difficulty. And then the final thing that I want to share with you, you've got to trust the Lord of the harvest. He is the Lord of the harvest. He's not Lord of the empty barn. He's not Lord of the difficult season, although he's present in the difficult season. He's Lord of the harvest. This passage in James 5 ends with verse 11. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. And I'm reminded of a, of a scripture in Deuteronomy 28 8 the lord will send a blessing on your barns on everything you put your hand to the lord your god will bless you in the land he is giving you when i watched my father leaning on the gate he was just looking at the land that god had given him and he was understanding god is good he's full of compassion full of mercy he will keep his promise when this winter season is ended it will be a harvest because he is God of the harvest. And all I've got to do is be patient. Long, yes. Suffering, yes. But in confidence. And the same passage, can I just encourage you in Deuteronomy 28, 28, says, in the same passage, says, the fruit of your womb will be blessed. If you've got children, let's believe for blessing on those children. If you don't have children, let's believe 
if you uh, if you're desiring that that God will bless the fruit of your womb we've seen so many prayers answered even across zoom over these last few months God touching people blessing people healing people giving people children that couldn't have children and even in this tough time can I just encourage you lean on a gate it may sound boring to watch the grass grow but that's what farmers have done for thousands of years that's what James is encouraging us to do look out of the window see the first signs of spring and get hope again God is full of compassion and mercy so when I read that simple word the fruit of the spirit is long-suffering that's what I'm thinking of Robert Robert and Duncan amazing thank you so much I love I love that you would echo unity that you would talk about leaving space in our lives Duncan I love uh, Robert, that you said there's such richness because there is such richness in the Word of God. I think all of all of us would agree, all of us on chat leaning in would agree that the Word of God right now, where is my Bible? It's here. That the Word of God is so rich and so perfect in these days, in all days, but especially in these days. I love, Robert, that you um, expounded a long game because it's true. And I'm just grateful for all of the dynamics. I think there were... A num we came at it from a number of angles and what it will hopefully do girls is inspire you to dig deep i woke up this morning i actually woke up at 4 a.m quite troubled in my spirit quite anxious if i'll be honest i just lay there and meditated and thought about god and i just reminded myself yet again we have there are two directions in life we look up we always look up you know like lean on that garden fence and look but we're looking up and we're digging deep and these are days for digging deep into the well of salvation within our lives digging deep into the word of god deeping digging deep into what we know of god and um sharing fellowship with one another so that we can glean greater depth in this pursuit of jesus and keep looking up because um we worship an awesome god robert I would just love you to pray for the girls and then we're going to release them. We're actually being really good stewards of time today. Hallelujah. Um, I would love you to pray for them. Just go wherever the Holy Spirit takes you in these last few moments. And then we're going to sign out. I'm going to, um, I'm just trying to think here. We'll just throw it to the girls to, um, to talk about some of the other things that are happening in life. Next week, we've got some different things happening. We've got a Sisterhood United night for all the girls who didn't get to experience it because lockdown cut it off. And then all the girls who did get to experience the last Sisterhood United night, you girls are going local in your context. So that's kind of exciting. So stay posted on that. But Robert, just pray, just pray. Let, just pray and prophesy over the girls if you want to. <laughs> in Jesus' name. Amen. Father God, I thank you for every single person that Amen. is watching this sisterhood right now. Father, you know their story, you know their situation. The Bible says that you are the God who sees. And even when we're in a desert, you see us. You see us in our hurt. You see us in our challenge. You see us in our difficulty. You see us in our pain. You see us. And you've always got hope for us. You are a God of hope. And your Bible, your word is a word of hope. And Father, your resurrection in the past gives us hope for a resurrection in the future. And I pray, Father, that right now, whatever people's situation, that you would flood them 
with hope flood every individual every family every marriage every child flood them with hope may we do what your bible says overflow with hope by the power of the holy spirit as we wait patiently for you to bring to pass your promises for you to do what you said may we just be have a confident expectation of the good things to come and not be shaken in this shaking time but stand firm on the promises and the blessings and the fruitfulness of god so father bless these wonderful women in all their settings and may they be in this time a testimony to the goodness of god in jesus name amen amen, amen and amen Guys, I just want to thank you. Thank you, Duncan, for being here and for Great. the goal that you brought. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you, Robert, always. Thank you, girls. You know what? I'm going to release you. You're going to go. You're going to have a great fellowship together with one another. Stay close. Remain the church. You know what? There's so much scope for us in the weeks and the days that are ahead. And so be back here next this time next week, and we'll just continue in understanding just the wonder and the beauty of what God has for us. Amen. So we love you. Be safe, be blessed in Jesus' name. See you later, girls. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.